Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, Soul Talk community. We are so happy to be with you today. Thanks for joining us. Bill and I are really excited to share with you our guests on this Soul Talks. It's Ginny and Evan Owens from Reboot Recovery. And Ginny and Evan, it was so fun the way that we first met you. You got a book contract, a contract to write a book from your lives in ministry with the same publisher as Journey of the Soul, our book. And you were so wise. I was so impressed when I got the email from you that said, we just got a contract. And I asked Ravel, the publisher, is there any mentors that you can connect us with that we can learn from? And they connected you with us. And I'm so glad they did. And I just thought that was so wise, such uh, emotional intelligence there you were showing and reaching out because we all need that. We, we all need, we can't do life alone or ministry alone. And so thank you for that and for giving us the opportunity to journey alongside of you here in these last two years. And now to this week, the launch of your book, it's released, it's in print. So excited. Thank you. And thank you for not just um, shutting us down when we reached out cold to you. <laughs> because there are some people who did. I'd like to begin naming them. Now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we really appreciated your willingness to talk with us and just encourage us. Let us know that we weren't oh, on an island by ourselves. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. And it's just been a joy building this relationship and friendship. We've loved the interactions we've had with you and reading your book and then getting to endorse it too. And just to have a little, little, piece of what God's doing through your life and that way to participate with it is a joy. And now to get to introduce you to our, our community also. So Ginny and Evan Owens are the co-founders of Reboot Recovery, and they are all about helping people overcome trauma together and providing a context for that. And then, and now through this new book that released this week, Healing What's Hidden, really right. giving people the next steps in how to heal from trauma and making it really practical and accessible for them. So welcome, Jenny and Evan, to the Soul Box. Thank, Thank you. you. It's nice to meet everybody. <laughs> so good. And Jenny and Evan have three sons. So busy mom and dad, as well as full-time ministry here with Reboot Recovery. I also would love just for our listeners to hear a little bit about Reboot Recovery, what you're doing in the church, because Soul Shepherding, we love the church, we love pastors, and we we really believe God works powerfully in the church, and you are offering what God has given you through and to and through churches. Yes, yes. Would you like me to take that? Or sure. you? Okay, great. I think we can both answer this one. This one's an easy one. Um, but yeah, you know, we we really do believe that uh, the future or, or a major piece of the future of mental health care is peer to peer, right? I mean, there's data that's showing that there'll be a shortage of nearly 25,000 professionals by the year 2025, which means that if people are going to get the help that they need, it's going to have to come through your small group leaders, your prayer team leaders, your, you know, your non-counseling trained, non-clinically trained people. Uh, not that that negates the need for those trained people, but there's just not enough of them to go around. And so that really was the origin of where our vision began was this idea that anyone um, with the proper tools and the proper training had the ability 
to help connect with someone who was going through some of the worst days of their life, who was going through those really dark periods of time that a lot of people now are calling trauma. And, um, and when it comes to the church, I mean, you know, you think we, we've always said that the solution to suicide, which is a lot of our focus, you know, Reboot's vision is to mobilize the largest peer-led faith-based response to suicide ever built. And um, if that's the case, then the, you know, we've always said that the solution to it's not more awareness necessarily about suicide, but it's more connectedness. And that's something that the church has in spades. We have this structure already built to be peer leaders. Every Bible study is a peer led group, right? Every small group is a peer led group. Um, this idea of being connected, this is something that we've already pioneered in culture that if you think about it, the church is the only place really where that's still happening. Mm-hmm. Everything else um, has become quite distinct. Uh, disconnected and decentralized and hierarchical, right? And so the church really has an opportunity to do that. And so we come alongside pastors, small group leaders, prayer team ministers, volunteers and churches to help them lead reboot courses in their community that both reach inside and outside the walls of the church. Um, And we've got, I don't know, 320 churches and groups around the world that use our programs now, big and small, rural and big city, um, lots of different denominations. And so, uh, yeah. And That's we, and we know that, you know, people aren't necessarily just having their, their suicidal thoughts when they're at the doctor's office or when they're having a meter with their pastor, it happens maybe, you know, when they're talking to their neighbor or their friend or in the parking lot after church, I mean, these things happen in the context of everyday situations. And so we really feel like everyday people and those relationships um, are the place where we can be equipped to respond in loving and, and communally supportive ways to really help people know that they're not alone and, and not always to just say, well, let me refer you to someone else, but to feel prepared to respond yourself in that situation. That's right. So good. And so close to our heart here at Soul Shepherding, where our, our desire is to equip the church by raising up soul shepherds. It's the same thing. It's just a different word, but equipping the church to be able to lead people to the heart of God and into to his healing, to emotional and spiritual health. So thank you for the work that you're doing and for your love and service to Jesus and his bride. So, so appreciate it. Jenny, I thought it was so neat the way that God inspired this ministry and really started this ministry through your work with soldiers as an occupational therapist at a military base. Will you expand on that a little bit so our listeners can hear your story? Yes. Um, it was one of my very first jobs was working for the Department of Defense at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I loved it. I was so inspired by um, these men and women who had been wounded in combat, but who desired to return to duty and to, to fill the roles within their teams. And they were so committed to their job, um, but recognized right off the bat that while maybe we were healing some of the physical wounds, we were working to heal some of the mental and emotional wounds of war, that there were spiritual wounds that were very raw and very prevalent and, and almost universal. I, I didn't um, go into this job thinking I'm going to um, go evangelize necessarily, but the conversation always seemed to drift toward uh, the divine God, his purpose. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why am I alive and he or she died? How do I bear that weight? Um, and so those those conversations, I feel like just really spurred in me this interest in um, where does trauma intersect with faith? And um, I just kind of was compelled. I couldn't get away from it. And, and uh, you know, every day I came home with these feelings and thoughts that I'm kind of processing with Evan. And so eventually we just prayed and, and we asked the Lord to, to show us what could we do as 
outsiders in a sense. Neither of us were military, we're civilians, but we felt a burden and a calling to serve the military and their families because we saw the devastation that trauma was having on a lot of families and individuals. Suicides were happening even in the parking lot of the medical center where I worked. Mm -hmm. There was such a desperation and hopelessness there. And so we just wanted to bring the light and life of Christ and the love and the hope that we knew that he had to offer in a way that was approachable, non-threatening because everyone's coming from all these different backgrounds and a lot of them were dealing with anger at God or at mm -hmm. the church. And so um, we just decided to create what we knew, which was kind of a small group model around this topic of faith and trauma. Um, but we wanted it to be a place where people could ask the hard questions and come as they were. And, and even if that meant they weren't willing to talk to anybody, that's okay. We wanted to be And that. many of them weren't willing to talk to sure. anybody. Yeah, and, and it took out. weeks for that to happen. Sometimes sure. rotations for, there was a guy who used to sit in the outside of the circle for almost a year, a year. <laughs> but I was there and witnessed the day he pulled his chair into the circle. And it was like, that wasn't just a physical thing. That was, that was like a breaking of some bondage. Yes. Entering into a place of vulnerability and sharing that he had not before. So I could talk all day about that time in our lives, but it really was just a spiritual awakening for us to see God moving amidst um, so many broken situations to bring about healing and hope and wholeness. So good. And one of the favorite quotes I had in your book, Healing What's Hidden, was that numbing during a threat may keep you alive, but numbing after a threat has passed may kill you. And that is so wise and so true, but something we tend to just want to do naturally from the pain is to numb it. And that's, that's part of what you're inviting the readers to bring it out of hiding, to bring it out of the numbing, out of the repression, and to, to really believe it's hidden. One of the other things that you touched on there, Jenny, and that you wrote about you and Evan together in the book that's so good is recognizing the trauma isn't a cosmic punishment that it's a, re it's a result of human sin. Right. And that was such an important point. And you touched on the confusion that this becomes a spiritual issue that people begin to blame God for the trauma. And then that forces them to hiding too. So I so appreciated the, the perspective you took there in the book. Will you define trauma for our listeners? Sure. I want to do that and you can do that. But I do just want to add one thought on what you just said too, which is this idea of numbing behaviors and numbing choices. I think that maybe for a lot of your listeners, and I don't know, but I'm, I'm guessing if they're interested in growing in their uh, the shepherding of their soul, they're probably at some faith accepted level. They're, certain, they're probably in a Christian mindset, many of them. And yes. I think that sometimes for Christians, we we say, oh, well, we don't really have numbing behaviors in the same way. We're not addicted to pornography or we don't use substances and we don't drink all the time. So we're not we're not like that people. But I think that one of the things that I've been seeing so much in my life and in others is, is busyness is our numbing agents. Mm -hmm. Well, we say things like, yeah. I know I need to deal with this, but I'm just too busy right now. And when we say that, really what we're saying is I'm going to just sabotage my future self. Right. I'm going to set up my future self to have to deal with what my current self isn't ready or willing to do. And when we do that, we kind of set ourselves up for failure in the future. And so if, if you think about that and we always say with trauma to answer your question directly, you know, we say trauma is and this is Jenny's definition, not mine. So I'm going to say it, but sounds smart. She always says trauma is your personal intersection uh, with the brokenness of the world. 
And we tie a lot of that in scripture uh, throughout our book, of course, mm-hmm. tie it to this idea that all of us have that moment when our lives personally intersect with that fallen state, that brokenness, not just at a sin level, but where we are the re- receivers of that damaged, broken world, right? We're mm-hmm. on the, the punching bag end of that. And then if that's, we say, if that's our definition of trauma, if, if we say trauma is your personal intersection with the brokenness of the world, well, then recovery is your personal intersection with the redemptive heart of God. And that's really what our ministry is about. That's what this book is about. That's what you guys are doing. That's what yeah. I think is so special. I think when people come into that circle, yes, the, the solution's not just um, less, it's, it's not about awareness. It's, it's about connecting this, not just connect this to one another, but connectness with the redemptive heart of God as well. And that's why we say that. Yeah, so important. Thank you for that. I think, Evan, you share a story in the book where you encountered your own trauma and you kind of had to find a source of strength in your darkest moments. Would you share a little bit about that with our listeners? No, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, not numb. He's this is, yeah, but this is not, you know, this, this book I do. There are a lot of Christian books that are really written about a person's story and lessons they learned. And we mm-hmm. we really have always been amazed. Reboot's never been about Jenny and I and our stories. And I want to make that clear. That's not what this yeah. book is. It's not like Jenny and Evan's terrible story because, you know, that's that's just not the heart. But I think in my life, there was a time where I was I was doing very well, successfully running a business. Things were um looking up and up and up. And how many of us have had those moments where you kind of climb up a ladder, so to speak, whether that's corporate or whatever, but, you know, they, they, they motivate you and all the self-help books all teach about how to climb the ladder, but there's no books that talk about how to get back down when you get stuck at the top. And when you feel trapped and you feel like your expenses are closing in and you can't make payroll and you can't, you know, um, you're not living up to the expectations that you've put on yourself, but also the expectations of letting people down that you feel like depend on you, uh, your reputation. You know, my my one of my main drivers has always been sort of this achiever nature of, of the opinions of others is, and a lie that I tend to believe in my heart a lot of times is that I am I am what I do and I am what others think of me. And those two lies definitely can become very um, entrenched in my soul. And so that led to a really dark place of feeling like a failure, feeling a lot like Icarus, if you will, if I'd Mm -hmm. flown high on borrowed wings and, and now they were melting and I was crashing down. And as I was going down and crashing, the interesting part is that the, the same thing, and this is simultaneously while God's birthing reboot. So you have to realize the timing of this is pretty fascinating. I'm going through my own personal darkest time as an adult. And meanwhile, in the evenings, we're having these groups in our home where people are, you know, seeing breakthrough and all this incredible stuff. And, and I think it was a gift from God. I think that in many ways it, um, it made me lie down. You know, uh, I think of that verse in Psalm, it makes you lie down in green pastures. And it made me lie down whether I wanted to or not. And I think when I first had my first kind of suicidal ideation, the first one that I'd ever had in my life, I remember a couple of days later sharing it with Jenny and I was sitting in this blue chair and I'll, I'll never forget, you know, having that transparent conversation when she said, when she took me seriously the first time, when she began to pray and began to speak truth about who I was and who she knew I was, who God knew that I was. And even though I rejected it in the moment saying, you don't understand, you don't understand. The thing about it is, is that sometimes persistence, you know, uh, persistence, sometimes of a message in our hearts, it, it takes a while to break through, but when it yes. does, you know, sometimes when you're in those darkest moments, that's what you cling to. And so I share a little bit about that, about that specifically as it pertains to my identity and just really starting to, I think, 
realized my identity couldn't be wrapped up in the company that I was building at the time. And it, and it still it can't be wrapped up in what Reboot has done or what this book has done or how well it sells or, right. who, buys it or who books us to speak or what celebrity tells us we're enough. Um, yes. Because all of that is garbage. Mm-hmm. And I think, that, um, I think there's just a lot of people who feel really trapped. And I think they're hiding a lot of that shame and that guilt and that feeling like they let people down. Um, feeling like the world is always 10 steps ahead of where they're at. They're doing well, but they're not as big as this company or that church or they're not, you know, and I think a lot of us live in that, that cage, that imprisoned feeling in our hearts. And so I talk about that. A little I think bit. we've seen this. And even in, as Evan just described, trauma reveals oftentimes our identity or where we put our identity. <laughs> um, and it's an experience not to mix metaphors with the cover of the book, but it's where the, the where the rug of life gets pulled out from under you suddenly yeah. and, and you really f- realize what you're leaning on for support mm-hmm. and if it's what people think of you or what you've accomplished and that you know those things shift and you, then you feel like you have you have that instability and so a big part of healing from trauma is claiming your true identity um, and what God says about you and rebuilding with him at the at the heart uh, creating that stability like yeah, that's what we say in the from. curriculum. One of them, we say like, you can't build, you can't find stability if you, the foundation of your life is constantly shifting due to, due, due to public opinion, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think that for so many people, they, you know, we, we talk about kind of that in the book, but that stability piece is something that a lot fewer people have than what we know. Or so, sometimes it comes from your upbringing and you never, you never had the never opportunity had to really form an appropriate Great identity. Point. So point. we talk about that as well. And trauma comes in so many different forms. It could be a catastrophic event or could be uh, the lack of important key things in your life when you're a child that, that maybe you were abused, neglected, or right. abandoned. And so it- We talk about all of it. It's 68,000 pages, the no. book. It's 68,000. <laughs> no, actually, our goal is for it to be digestible. We talk, about, we talk about everything. We talk about every, everything under the sun. No, no. Well, you did a great job in writing it. It's not overwhelming, but you that do cover good. the important topics and important points and good steps. And, and so I appreciated that. I, I also want to say that you're, I want to thank you, Evan, for sharing your story because you are pointing out the trauma of leadership, the yeah. trauma of responsibility. And a lot of pastors, like you mentioned, or ministry leaders feel that and, and feel shame about that because they don't understand that it, it really is a form of trauma. And then, Jenny, you talked about the trauma of neglect, which oftentimes we keep hidden and we overlook and we feel shame about because we say, well, I didn't experience anything these these soldiers experienced on the battlefield, they have a reason to be, to have trauma. They had brain injury you know, that we, we can kind of excuse and diminish and dismiss our own story, our own experience. And that keeps us stuck. It keeps us from the place of getting the healing for our souls. And so thank you because you, and having your story is so important because you like us are a wounded healer. And that's mm-hmm. what through Reboot Recovery in this book, Healing What's Hidden, you're helping God to create other wounded healers and to equip the church with that. And, and that's what Jesus is, right? The ultimate wounded healer who came and suffered incredible traumas. Mm-hmm. And then this, this freedom to become our healer. So I would hear, just as we close out, love to just hear you share with our listeners, maybe just uh, ways that you would like them to make sure they hear from your book as how we can move forward and turn our pain into that purpose. 
you know, I think we we talk about um, this idea. There's this verse that a lot of your listeners will know that we, it says we not only rejoice or we, it says, but we rejoice in our sufferings, right? And there's that verse. It says we know <laughs> that um, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character and character hope and hope. Yes. And I think Romans about that. five. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there's, um, there's this thing that's happened in culture, um, a, a level of comfortability and a level of this idea that when we're going through suffering, when our kids are going through suffering, when people in our lives are going through suffering, the way that we help them is that we pull them out of that suffering. We medicate, we help them numb, we we make life easier. That that's the way when a person's in crisis, we need to stop everything and make life easier. And that's sort of the doctor's orders for most people. Yeah. But yet if you read the scripture here, Paul's actually giving us like a formula, right? And he's basically saying that A plus B plus C equals this. And so he's saying that when you have suffering, a key ingredient, and then you have perseverance and you have character, that that equals hope mixed together, shaken up, pressed down, that creates hope. And so you can't get hope without the suffering. You shortcut it. Right. And and if you can't get person, if you don't persevere through the suffering, you can't get hope. And if you don't develop character resilience, right. a A response. If you don't develop character, you can't get hope. And so I think about this a lot of times that as, as leaders, when someone's going through a difficult time, our job, we, we tend to want to be fire uh, men who run in and just put out the fire for people. But then we rob them of the perseverance and the character to that, that they gain by putting out the fire with us or by themselves with us guiding them or whatever it is. And so one of the things that we really have found the Lord does, and you see this throughout so many times in scripture where, you know, Daniel was in the lion's den, Lazarus still died, Jesus still hung on the cross. There's all these situations where God has a habit of not withdrawing. He doesn't pull the suffering away from us. He doesn't take the suffering away, rather he joins us in it. And mm-hmm. in doing so, he becomes somebody that guides us through that. And I think that that is really at the core of what Reboot is. That's the core of what this book is, is it's it's a guide. And that's what we say. It's practical. Actually, I think the original tagline was a practical guide to overcoming trauma, right? was the original tagline. But I think that's what I hope listeners hear, that if they're in a season of darkness or they know people in their church are, there's a couple things they can do. They can buy a bunch of these books and give them out to people. They can start a reboot course in their church. They don't have to have a degree to do it. They could just get some training from us and they could become that guide who says, look, I can't with, I can't pull away all your suffering, but I'll join you in it. And let's oh, walk. Through. So good. The beauty like of even in the old, original days of Reboot, we, we couldn't understand what they had been through, but yet they just world. said, we want to be with you through this journey. We want to stand mm-hmm. with you, walk with you, your team. love you, support you in any way we can. And we didn't really have much to offer other than that, but it had such a remarkable impact because I don't know that they'd ever experienced anything like that. And we saw yes. this organic expression of the church come about and miss this ragtag group of people who didn't know each other and were only and most together of all didn't know Jesus because they had that terrible <laughs> most experiences you know mm-hmm. so, yeah. so I just want to encourage listeners as Evan did just to show up and be there when you don't necessarily have to have all the answers but your presence and your and your love and encouragement can take people from that place of hopelessness to the place of purpose wonderful and how can our listeners connect with you um, we, check no, money we, orders. <laughs> well, for, what's the best first thing to do? The book what is at healingwhatshidden.com or Amazon. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you can get check that out. And the book points toward uh, Reboot Recovery as an organization because we'd love you to be a part yeah. of one of our courses. And you can learn more about that at RebootRecovery.com or social, social media medias, at all, Reboot Recovery. Yeah, all Reboot Recovery. Yeah. So that's Great. The, I think we actually have an Instagram. It's like Evan and Jenny Owens, and it's mainly pictures of our children and and us yeah. eating Mexican food. So better to you can follow us there. It's pretty special. <laughs> oh, you guys are a dashing couple, so people would enjoy seeing you too. And speaking of which, if you want to see the video of this Soul Talk, you can do that at the Soul Shepherding Network, where we have some of the videos of our Soul Talk conversations available. But before we say goodbye, will you please pray? For our listeners, one of you, if you would pray for our listeners, I would so appreciate that. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Bill and Christy and all that they are doing to um, wrap their arms around uh, people who are healing, who are healing their souls and who are wanting to heal other souls, Lord, and to encourage them and equip them. Lord, I thank you for this podcast and this opportunity um, for us to share what we know. Um, for anyone who's listening, Lord, who has experienced trauma of any sort, Lord, we, we pray first that they would be emboldened to, to call it what it is, Lord, and to not just brush it under the rug, but to recognize, Lord, that we can all experience wounds uh, on a soul level and that you are the soul healer, Lord. So we're so grateful um, that we can come together in community around your word and through the spirit, Lord, to to bring those dark things into light and to receive your healing. Um, and Lord, I just pray that there would be boldness amongst each person here, that they would check out the book, check out resources, get connected with Reboot, if that's something they feel led to do, Lord, that they'd be able to, to enter into the healing and the redemptive story that you have for all those who walk in, walk through the brokenness of the world. And we ask these things mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Love you, you and so excited for your book now to be out. You guys, I just have to say to the listeners who may not know you guys personally that, that you all are the real deal. You guys are genuine, you're authentic, you're full of wisdom and faith. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, there are some charlatans out there. There's some people who don't walk the talk and you guys do. And so your listeners should know that, that you guys are absolutely yeah. incredible. And we, Jenny and I both just are so grateful for, Great for you guys, you and Bill. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's such, such a privilege just to have our feet on the ground and be following Jesus, shepherd of our souls too. We need him too. We're all right. learning right. and growing together. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.